All right. Welcome back to the Culture Insanity Podcast, episode number uh, two, or episode 1.2, however you want to look at it. Um, so first of all, I guess we apologize for the uh, false start or mini hiatus that we that we had. Um, but you know, vacations and such, life, being busy, work. No apologies here. Hurricanes and earthquakes. Anyways, uh, before we get started, some housekeeping type things, I guess, before we um, really try and get this off the ground. Um, first of all, it should be noted that the uh, opinions expressed in this podcast are personal ideas and they shouldn't be used to reflect um, the specific views of our church, Aletheia Bible Fellowship. And the Culture Insanity podcast is an external ministry of ABF affiliated with the Vigilance blog, which is Aletheia's um, web portal. Um, so there's that for you. Um, secondly, I don't think we actually introduced who we were uh, last podcast, but... Uh, we are men! Full-grown <laughs> men! And we teach children lessons! But uh, anyway, so there's that. Uh, I don't know, Josh, you want to introduce yourself and your position here at the church? And yeah, why are you qualified to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think everybody's qualified to talk about I know. pop culture. But um, <clears throat> why I'm on the show specifically is because I love pop culture. Um, and what allows me to, to be on the show in loving pop culture is the fact that I'm the senior pastor at, at ABF. So so Josh is a senior pastor at ABF. He's actually known for just being plugged in on all these different things anyways. And so that's why he's kind of co-hosting this podcast with me. My name's Adam and I am a elder in training here at the church at Aletheia. And what qualifies me? Um, same kind of thing Josh just said. Anyone's really qualified. Uh, and I guess it's just, um, I don't know, our narcissistic tendencies to feel like we should put it in in digital history. No, it's definitely a service. It's a service. Okay. It's a service to you people. Um, so that's who we are. Josh is a senior elder. I'm an elder in training. And yeah, this is just how we talk outside of the podcast. And so why not record it? So that's where we're at. Um, I wanted to add that uh, we'll try and do as best we can to fill you guys in on the articles rather than assuming you just know these things because that's the whole point. Um, so as we bring these things up, we'll try and give a little brief tidbit about the about whatever thing we're talking about. And um, it should also be noted that there are going to be major spoilers. So, without going any further, if you are afraid of being spoiled on any form of media, movies, TV, music, maybe don't listen. Maybe listen with total, um, I don't know, sensors on. If something comes up yep. and you Eyes feel open. whatever, unplug the headphones, mute the car, whatever you got to do. Because we try to stay on top of the most current stuff possible. We actually talked about not recording this until Star Trek uh, Discovery aired tonight. So Which we, is in one hour. One hour. And so we have to wrap this up in that amount of time. Anyways, so if you're worried about spoilers, 
proceed with caution because we talk about things that you right. may not have seen or heard or read yet. Right. Maybe we'll try to play that sound when, uh, whenever we get close to it. That's a good idea. Um, anyways, so I guess let's, let's just jump right in. Uh, things have started since we last talked. Things have ended. Uh, things died before they were born, potentially. Uh, we'll get more on that later. Um, so first up. The hot topic right now is it. It. It, it, it. First of all, I want to say, I was telling someone this. I might have told Josh this earlier, but I was driving driving by uh, a movie theater the other day, and I saw up on the marquee it in theater number one and um, Dark Tower. Dark Tower. Dark Tower yeah. also. King. And I was like, you know what, Stephen King, 2017, still staying relevant. Good for you, man. But it. Saw it on Thursday night. Josh, why don't you give me your first thoughts? Well, my first thought is that it was awesome. I also want to give another shout out to Stephen King because he also has another movie coming out to Netflix starring Thomas Jane called 1922. It's like around the corner also. Weird. Haven't heard uh, about that. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it was awesome. It was... It was a good homage to the source material, and it was <laughs> I, what I was telling to because Adam and I saw it together, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. we were there. We were with a crowd of people, <coughs> and uh, I was telling Adam it almost felt like a family film. What do you mean? <laughs> well, so it almost felt like a family film from the standpoint that it it was it. It had a strong protagonist. It had a very, or a set of protagonists. It had a very clear message about growing up and so on and so forth. And it really had no blurred lines, um, which is really strange. Mm-hmm. So it was very much, um, it, it wasn't your torture porn. I don't know if people know that term, but it wasn't torture porn. It wasn't horror in the typical sense. It didn't like lack a protagonist or anything. It was... Something that, you know, if your children were mature enough and you were willing to deal with possible nightmares, then you could take your children to it and know that they were going to get a good message about, you know, growing up and... Conquering your fears. Yes, conquering your fears. So what you're saying is, (laughs) disturbing images aside, because it had some disturbing... Very disturbing (laughs) Disturbing imagery in it and sounds and um, actually some, some like, dark material, too. Yeah. you take your, what, five-year-old daughter to see it? I would not take my five-year-old daughter to see it because she would have problems with uh, uh, sleeping. <laughs> because the material, because, you know, by nature of what it is, of what it is, um, it's, it's just too too difficult to deal with. And I don't want to deal with that. But would would I be fine with telling her the story of it? And you have. I Yep. Heard her talking about it at lunch or breakfast or something. Yep. Uh, I was like, Sophia, did you see it? No, my dad just told me about it. Yeah, I would be totally fine (laughs) with telling her the story of it. I mean, it's good overcoming evil and, Mm -hmm. you know, innocence growing older and, you know, yeah. Yeah, I know. And I completely, I completely agree. And I think that that's why things like it uh, and things like Stranger Things um, and, you know, these these things coming coming out that are becoming super popular and being super successful and um, reaching a large audience is because because of just that what Josh just said that 
yeah, there's no blurred lines or, you know, message be trying to be put out there that, you know, you see in a lot of different things today. Um, I think the most, I don't know, the, the example I always think of, because it was so blatantly obvious, was that... Um, how was Angelina Jolie Sleeping Beauty Maleficent Maleficent yeah that was so blatantly like wow you know right um blurring that line and yeah and I think that that's why it was it was Luciferian yeah it was terrible um and I think that that's why things like this are people are craving it you know they're craving that just basic there's a good there's an evil boom and they're you know good good is battling to be good and right. trying to defeat the evil. Um, and I, yeah, I think like you said, the, that aspect of these kids innocence is, mm-hmm. is really, you know, reinforces that. Especially toward the end of the movie where they're really fighting their fears mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, not, we're not doing spoilers, I guess for that, but, but yeah, they're really fighting their fears and overcoming them. And you really get that sense that there's somewhat of a morality tale at play and I think that's something that is really lacking in horror today. There's really only a few. Um, there's really only a few movies out there, franchises, if you will, that don't have the antagonist as the main vehicle. You know, you've got your like Freddy and your Jason mm-hmm. and your Leatherface and your um, Michael Myers, Halloween, Michael Myers, even Jigsaw to some degree. And you know, it's like the bad guy is the main character. And in it, yes, it is, you know, is, it's, um, uh, what is the term I'm looking for? I can't remember, but you know, it's named after it. And certainly he's like, you know, famous and so on and so forth. But really when you watch the movie, you get the sense that the movie is not about the clown, Mm -hmm. but it's about the kids. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, man, I was going to say something. I can't remember. Yeah, it was a great movie. It was a great movie, and I was, like, jonesing to watch it again the next day. Like, I was just thinking about it at work, and, man, it's just it's a solid movie. And, yeah, and it's it's because it has those elements that are worth seeing again and right. appreciating, right. you know? The human, the human element. Yeah. Overcoming things together. Even, like, the way the kids are with each other, it yep. kind of just... It was like a little bit nostalgic, like right. you know, you were like that as a kid, and you talk like you joked with your your friends like that, and just different things. And yeah, I think it it was ripe. Well, and the other thing I want to say is, you know, like uh, Christians from from a Christian perspective, there's this tendency to say, oh, it's horror, so that means that you know we just need to shut the door to mm-hmm. it. But the reality of it is, is that spiritual warfare is horrific. And when you look at it, you're dealing with a character that is demonic in nature. And that's not something that doesn't happen in our physical world. It's not something that we're not susceptible to. In other words, it's a story that to some degree is, of course, it's like Hollywoodized, but it's believable. And it's, it gives us the impasse to be able to talk about things like that with each other. You know, we can talk about... Um, how we would deal with things like that because uh, the clown is not being glorified. Yeah, the performance perhaps is being glorified and the, the clown is certainly like one of the better movie villains or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's the kids, their struggle, how they band together and how they ultimately overthrow that evil. If, if all it was was these kids being tortured, 
then I would have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just completely terrorized. Yeah, and no, no hint of <laughs> right. And then there's also there's, getting out from under it. There's also Stephen King's underlying like universe that is alluded to. There's the presence you see it twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just twice that I counted. Right, just twice in the movie, but he's got this thing about um, it's called Maturin or. Matterin or something, but it's this turtle that like is essentially the ultimate good in the universe and it's present throughout the movie and you see it essentially being there to protect the kids like subtly. So they're of course, you know, we're borrowing elements from Christianity, but the point being is it's not completely devoid of anything that's good. And that's kind of rare in the horror movie genre. So mm-hmm. especially in this day and age. Yeah. I'm a- Anxious to see how they, if they, in the next part, part two, uh, how they um, expand on that, if they do at all. Yeah, the other thing that I'm... And if they do, that, you know, they don't, I don't know, blur lines, I guess. I don't know, more of that stuff. Right. Yeah, the other thing that I'm sort of interested in is its place in history. Because right now it is the... um, number one horror movie in the u.s yeah it's like breaking crazy records so and what i believe what previously held that record was the exorcist oh so it's completely beaten that then yeah wow so bravo it's yeah i know it's crazy uh and so it's pretty interesting in regard to it versus the exorcist i would be interested to sort of do a comparison of the two to see what where the culture is at Mm -hmm. um what i will say is in it, you have a demonic force antagonizing children and then the children overcoming it. In The Exorcist, you have a demonic force using children to antagonize adults. Weird. And that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, it. So, how are we going to rate it in this crazy world of media? What do you think, Josh? I think that it is sane. Is that what we're going with? Sure. In our Culture Insanity podcast, if we're going to rate something, it's either going to be, I guess, until we come up with something better yeah. for now, it's either going to be insane and absolutely don't, or it's going to be sane. So with it, we're going sane? Sane. That's what I'm going with. We're going sane. So good job, it. all right next on the docket uh we got some terminator action springing back up apparently oh yeah so we got what is that we got linda hamilton that's her name sarah connor sarah connor and arnold about to relaunch it again is it relaunching it or is it a continuation of genesis or what yeah what is it all right so what i heard i'm not the terminator guy and Disclaimer, I'm so bad with time travel movies, so I usually stay away from them and don't even try and wrap my head around them. Okay, so so for those of you that have seen Terminator Genesis, Terminator Genesis was essentially a relaunch of the Terminator series. It completely denied Terminator 3 and 4 by having time travel take place at a time where Sarah Connor could go back and sort of or not Sarah Connor, sorry, where the Terminator could go back to Sarah Connor before, I don't know if you want to hit the spoiler alert for something that old. But but it had, 
it had the Terminator go back to when Sarah Connor was like nine and preempt the events from Terminator 1. This is Genesis. This is Genesis, right? right? So, but the big spoiler for Terminator Genesis was that John Connor became a Terminator. Mm -hmm. So, and there wasn't really resolution to that. I'd have to go back and watch it again, but I don't remember there being a lot of resolution to that. So, I think the question is going to be, how does that work? And the fact that Linda Hamilton is old. Yeah. I, mean, I don't mean to, you know. Yeah, I don't even know what she looks like now. I like, I love. The Crypt Keeper? I, I don't love, know. <laughs> I love Linda Hamilton um, and Sarah Connor, so. Wasn't she like a, what do you, like a, <clears throat> like a boy fantasy back in the day? Like yeah. in T2? Yeah, totally. Yeah, she's like just a total BA, like well, chick. Well, and then she was, she was also in a show called Beauty and the Beast. Oh, really? Yeah, with Ron Perlman from Hellboy. Oh, totally. As the Beast. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it, was, it was crazy. But so, yeah, and then when, when that wasn't taken over, she was like completely absent from Terminator 3. Mm -hmm. They like killed her character really unceremoniously. Um, but yeah, she was completely absent. So the question is, how does it all work in terms of time are we dealing with the terminator 2 timeline are we dealing with the terminator genesis timeline what i'll tell you is that the writer of terminator genesis in an article said that she believes that her version her terminator events and terminator genesis are a complete alternate timeline to terminator 1 and 2 so, are we looking at a continuation of Terminator 2? But then, if we're looking at a continuation of Terminator yeah, 2... Yeah, this is what I'm saying, guys. This is what I'm saying. This then, is where I check out. Then, <laughs> then, are we looking at completely denying Terminator 3? Or are we looking at... So yeah, it's just a question of if it's the old timeline or not. Yeah. That's, that's the real question. But I'm stoked for it. Speaking of timelines, <clears throat> big news on the DC front when it comes to movies... Mm -hmm. We have this new Joker movie coming out, yeah. which if you haven't heard, uh, Todd Phillips scheduled to direct that, Hangover old school um, director. So kind of weird because he's, you know, traditionally like this comedic director. And well, I guess maybe it makes a little bit of sense if, you know, it's the Joker. But yeah, uh, with the big the big news that Martin Scorsese and potentially even Leonardo DiCaprio. That's right. Being the I don't know if you call him the front runner, but his name is being seriously thrown around in consideration. I think, yeah, I think front to play right. the Joker. Yeah. My question is, is is it weird because it's a Joker origin movie, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that weird? Because yeah. isn't the isn't the big thing about the Joker that he he doesn't have an origin, and that's sort of the the great mystique about the Joker. All and right. So common misconception. Okay. It's not that the Joker doesn't have an origin. It's that there are several origins and we don't know which one's correct. Mm. And potentially several Jokers? Yeah, that's If you're current, following comics? Yeah, that's a current thing that's going on. There's three Jokers that have been revealed. So I've, I've just heard that people, not are pissed, but there are certain, you know, diehard right. people who, you know, get soured on things way too easily, but right. are like, you know, really a Joker movie, you know, because, you know, he doesn't have an origin or we, you know, whatever. But so I'm just asking the question, but... What do you think about it? You're the you're the big Batman guy. Are you stoked about it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Whether whether you think it's a good idea or not, you're probably going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, the reality of it is is that Joker on film is just so mesmerizing. It's true. Um, I mean, you're dealing any of them. The, so, what I will say though is I'm a little concerned about 
not having a protagonist, like making the Joker into the protagonist. Yeah, just like we we're talking about. Right, mm-hmm. and and so that that for me is a little concerning. Um, yeah, the Joker is his character is so one dimensional, um, and that's what makes him interesting. It's not you know he's, he's ironically yeah he's like aberrantly one dimensional. Mm-hmm. You have all these one dimensional characters who are one dimensional. But then Joker, he's one-dimensional because every other aspect of his character is made up of Batman. Mm. And that's that's where it's interesting. He's essentially the inverse Batman. Mm-hmm. And so without Batman, I'm a little yeah. concerned. But And it's taking place... What is their terminology? Is it just uh, an alternate... I thought that I, thought so, that I, I heard an other verse. Okay, so it's, in the comic books... DC has a way of telling stories that are not part of the main continuity, and they call it Elseworlds. Elseworlds. Is that what they're calling it for the I have no idea. Their movie portion? I have no idea. Their branch? So we know that the DC. main movie branch for DC um, films is called the DC Extended Universe, DCEU. Mm-hmm. So it would be kind of confusing for DCEU then to be DC Elseworlds Universe. Mm, totally. So, I don't know. But, but it's taking place outside of your... Continuity. Continuity. So, outside of Justice League and outside of uh, Batman Superman and outside of... Yeah, and apparently there's Man supposed to be a bunch that, that they're going to deal. What are the other ones? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I, I have no they idea. They just I have just, grand plans. Yeah, they did, uh, they did some sort of press conference <clears throat> where they talked about the Joker film as being one of many. Hmm. Yeah, should be interesting, especially with some of those names being thrown around. Yeah. Well, they, I don't not like it. DiCaprio. Right. I don't not like it. Name me one movie you didn't like DiCaprio in. Hmm. Hmm. Tough. I personally never saw Beaches, so I can't say that. Beaches. I never saw Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. I never saw Titanic. I'd say that's when he won the world over. But <laughs> So Josh has never seen Titanic. I've seen Growing Pains. I don't think I've seen Growing Pains. That's the show. The show where yeah, DiCaprio got his start. Yeah. So... We have the Joker movie coming up. We got Terminator coming up. We have Stephen King saying relevant. Mm-hmm. Some fun stuff in the pipeline and currently for the movies. Uh, moving on outside of that, we have this uh, rapper. Did you read about this, Josh? I did. This rapper, what's his name? XX something or other? Do you remember his name? No. I have the article <laughs> right here. No. But he did a music video where he... Uh, hung a child and specifically a white child. Yeah. XXX Temptation is his name. Yeah. Rapper XXX Temptation is under fire after releasing a disturbing music video featuring a Caucasian boy being lynched on a stage as an African American boy looks on. What do you make of this? Obviously, it's disturbing. And what do yeah. you what do you make of it artistically? I mean. Without <clears throat> talking to him, I would say that it was a bad decision. Like, I mean, is it possible that it was, like, uh, supposed to be artistic irony? I think it's probable that it was supposed to be artistic irony. I can only imagine the amount of red tape that this video had to go through. Like, with all these people watching well, it, said it, in the article, it. It said in the article that it was obviously really hard to find a mother right. who would be willing to let 
her child be depicted right. in this way. Right. And so he had to sell it. Somehow. There was a. They had one, and then day of filming came, and the mother got freaked out yep. again, understandably. Right. And geez, I can only imagine like where the kid's headspace at. Right. Is at in this whole thing, but right. So they had to, they had to sell it somehow. So I'm guessing that whatever studio helped produce it, you know, the, the director, the cinematographer, all those people. There had to have been a vision that had some sort of artistic merit to it. Well, the 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 woman who directed the music video, I think her last name is Stanley, said, uh, "The little white boy and black boy show innocence, and that society has become desensitized seeing black men hung and shot. But the imagery of your white child, a white child being hung, is shocking. And so the whole point is to, you know, just draw more attention to that. Right. That topic. So there you go. I mean, you have that artistic." Um, you have that artistic uh, idea behind it. But what I will say is, you know, being an artist, being a musician, being a person, that sometimes ideas on paper are yeah. just bad ideas. Yeah, honestly, it reminds me <laughs> of that thing like a month or two ago with Kathy Griffin and the Donald Trump yeah. puppet, you know? Yeah. Same kind of thing. Like, it had to go through all these loops and the, you know, right. the photographer shot it and this person, her publicist probably right. was like, yeah, good idea, Kathy. And, and Kathy Griffin, you know, obviously thought it was a good idea, but then it came out and she got seriously, like, just f destroyed over it. And that, <clears throat> that children, Networks dropping her and... That children is why we surround ourselves with people who are not yes men. Yeah, <laughs> and who have your best interests in mind and all of that, so... I do. I don't think it was a great idea, but I can understand where it came from. But I think at the point where they saw it, maybe they should have not released it. Yeah. No. I. I don't agree. And to that, I'd say making a big mistake. So <laughs> there's that. Um, moving on. Kind of a, a good segue. I, I think that into that is um, that Mel Brooks statement. Mm. about um, politically correctness and how it is going... It's like completely censoring. Yeah. Is that what he was saying? Mm -hmm. It's completely censoring comedians now. And yeah, what is your take on that? I mean, I think that there's truth to it. People don't have a sense of humor anymore. Um, I also think that the far side, not Gary Larson's the far side, but the far side of it is also true where those people who do have a sense of humor go so far in the other direction um, that they're just sort of mean in their sense of humor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's what... I, I, Yeah. I think when anything is mean-spirited, that's a problem. And then you have the other side of it where people try so far, so hard to... to avoid offending anybody i mean comedy is offensive yeah no it for those of you who don't know mel brooks who you know is a well-respected person yeah. in his his trait and in hollywood i'd say he came out and was talking about just just the state of things today and how politically correctness is stifling comedy and comedians and i feel like i was talking about this because I, I was listening to a podcast and I thought mm -hmm. I I brought it up to you um, a few weeks ago or a month ago or something and how comedians their very job is to like walk a fine line you know and, yeah. and comment commentate with comedy on right. issues and um, social things and all the stuff and and nowadays people are walking around with their you know sensitive buttons on their chest just 
easy to be pushed and it it's making comedians feel yeah censored and like scared to express themselves in the way that they do and stuff and he was talking about how today he couldn't make um the movie blazing saddles Saddles, nowadays because of the state of things and it's really interesting and kind of um sad i think sure and but then again it reminds me of not to keep bringing this thing up and especially since it's it's old and done with now but the kathy kathy griffin thing where she's a comedian right Mm -hmm. but there are certain things that maybe shouldn't yeah they look good on paper but they're not really um what what was you what were you saying about it mean spirited they're mean spirited yeah so it's it's walking a line but yeah it's well and you look at like modern comedy and specifically like i think of some of the roasts i like how they brought back the roast it's like those things are mean-spirited. Yeah. There, there used to be a time where you could make fun of the funny aspects of things and laugh with the person knowing that you both thought that those things were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But that's not that's not really how it is. And there are certain comics that are all about that, you know, that are all about the mean-spirited comedy. Mm-hmm. And they make it so that people want the political, the do you, political correctness. Do you think that there's topics that generally shouldn't be touched no no you think everything should be fair game if everyone yeah has you know a mature enough yeah definitely yeah you think it's just an issue of maturity then yeah i do yeah. i think it, well because he I personally think... was saying he would never touch something like the holocaust right or the killing of children or the hanging of children if you will right right or the hanging of children no i think uh, not to be crass but i think that all all topics are on the table and for us even to get past certain topics we need to be able to joke about them mm-hmm. but that said we need to joke with reverence and that is a fine line and it is a huge task for a comedian it's a huge task for any artist so you know if you respect your trade then you walk that line mm-hmm. but people they are not so much respecting their trade they're farming their trade you know whatever gets the laughs. The problem is sometimes those laughs are out of uncomfortability. Sometimes those laughs are out of, um, like, anger. Like, you know, you get sort of that... Uh, yeah. You know? Are you totally reminding me of Pennywise just now? Right, right. <laughs> right, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something about comedians. Because I was asking if, if any topic should be off limits. And you said no, and, and I agree. Um, even even like Christianity in the no, Bible, which no, is I like think God has a great sense of humor. And it's such a I mean, almost every comedian I've ever watched, that's like part of their bit. Because yeah. it's I mean, it's the source material is so old and it's so Yeah. It's easy it's low hanging fruit, as I say. I personally like kinda get tired of it because it's it's cliche. It's fruit, yeah, yeah, it's low hanging fruit, and it's like, come on, you know. But yeah, I think sometimes some of that stuff is funny, and I think that, yeah, it, it's probably just an issue of maturity. Yeah. So. Oh, what else I, we got? I want to be clear. <clears throat> Go I ahead. I want to be clear as a, you know, as a pastor that, yes, I think that all topics should be able to be discussed and to be able to find the humor in them. I think that all topics should be discussed with reverence. Hmm. So, and I think that you can do both, and I think it's a hard task to do, and that's why I give credit to a comedian who actually does that. So, yeah, I think it's okay to not make fun of the Holocaust, but find humorous things 
within the Holocaust. Now, I know that sounds terrible to say, <laughs> but the reality of it is that human beings are funny regardless of what situation they're put in. Yeah. So it is what it is, you know? Yeah, no, important clarification and distinction for sure. Uh, what else we got? What's going on in the comic book world? You said something to me yesterday about DC potentially relaunching again. That was comic books, or was no. that using? No. What DC? Okay, so what's going on with DC right now is they're about to hit the Doomsday clock, which is um, the summation of rebirth, essentially. And there's a whole thing with the Watchmen and mm. like and discussing how that's happening. Actually, incidentally, to go back to TV, Watchmen just got signed for HBO. I saw that. Yeah. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. So Isn't that's... it... Uh, man, did I see Damon Lindelof? Yeah, as a... Damon Lindelof, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. So Watch Watchmen just got signed to HBO, and that's real interesting because Watchmen is incredibly nihilistic. Mm -hmm. So it should be interesting to see how that works out, especially since they just joined the DCU, which is moving in this direction of hope. Is that going to be part of I don't continuity know. then? I don't know. No, I, I like, don't know. You, maybe. you know, how Netflix, Marvel, is, it's yeah, part of maybe. continuity. I, I don't know. But what I will tell you is that the way that it's being billed is Superman is an alien to this world who is the symbol of hope versus Dr. Manhattan, who is a member of this world who has no hope. Yeah. And so it's this, like, these two beings, like, struggling against each other. And I'm really interested I like to see it. what Jeff Johns does. No, yeah, it sounds... I'm sold. Yeah. I'm sold. But more I'm thinking about Marvel. What's happening with Marvel right now is so, just... Yeah. As as the Marvel fan between yeah. us two... Right. Yeah. I got pretty checked out in Marvel Comics because the writing and the stories and everything was just so lame. And they re it was like event after event. It was like... Uh, we, uh, man, there was a term I was going for, but anyways, yeah, it was like just fatigue, right? Event fatigue, yeah, yeah, and relaunch fatigue, and and it felt, yeah, and so many different character, like versions of the same um, character, mm -hmm. and I mean, Marvel is absolutely guilty of caving to mm -hmm. politically cor political correctness, and um, I just got tired of that, and you know, so Marvel Comics was was looking bad for me personally and I don't I mean I can't speak to it too much within the last couple months but right. how it's been but it might be translating into their other forms of media so inhumans yeah was I mean it's it's confusing to me if it was actually canceled or not no it has not officially been no. but the writing is on the wall yes is what i saw yeah like it hasn't been canceled. Inhumans, which hasn't aired yet, right, is potentially going to be canceled before the first episode even airs. Meaning, it won't be picked up, or more season or more episodes won't be written or filmed. Or see, it comes from this poster. <clears throat> what it is is that there is an Inhumans poster that was put out where it says um, "complete series." So. But the thing is, ABC has actually done this before with how they like label things. It doesn't mean that the series won't get picked up for more. It just means that they, you know, are making a distinction. And it has like a it has in my mind a much more poignant excuse for having that there because they released it in IMAX as mm. movies. 
So like making the distinction saying, hey, watch it on ABC, that's different than watching it in the movie theater. <laughs> so, but with that said, it's like, I don't know, it's not that big a deal to me if if it gets canceled. I hope that it's good though, because it exists in sort of the light side of the Marvel TV universe mm-hmm. with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Carter and... Yeah. And I... I more. I love Agents of Shield. Everybody's all about the Netflix, um, the Netflix Marvel, which the I dark, think is good too. gritty. Yeah, I Marvel. think that's I think that's great. Also, which I also love, but I think there's also a place for you know Agents of Shield and anything in that universe. And it's kind of been tanking lately. Not Agents of Shield has been doing great, but like nothing else is happening in that universe, hmm. in that side of the universe or whatever. Do you think that? Did you have a, another thought on Marvel as a whole? Marvel's got their, or Disney, rather, has got their thing where they're pulling all their stuff from Netflix. Right. They're going to start their own streaming service. I think that makes total sense. Yeah, no, I'm down with that. Um, I mean, I'm not personally down with it. Sure. I get robbed of those things on Netflix. Sure, sure, No, it makes sense, and yeah, why wouldn't they? Right. But was there something else Marvel-related that you have thoughts on, Um, just in the state of Marvel? Just... Is there there cause for concern for Marvel fanboys and girls? Just, you know, back on their comic book side, like... I don't want to speak authoritatively about this, but I know that something was going on with their lenticular covers. For those of you who don't know, lenticular covers are the type of... Like, sometimes you'll see movie posters that are lenticular where you'll, like, walk past it and it sort of changes depending on how you're looking at it. Mm -hmm. So Marvel had these lenticular covers and they made it so that essentially you had to order... um, You had to order regular versions that weren't lenticular, X amount of them, in order to get the one lenticular cover. So everybody wants the lenticular cover, but they don't want the regular versions, but you have to order the regular versions, which means you end up with having all of these extra ones. And what does that do? Well, that inflates Marvel's sales, right. saying everybody wanted this, but they didn't really want it. And <laughs> then what happens? It goes back to the customer, yep. or it goes down to the customer, and a lot of theater, or not theater, wow, a lot of comic book chains um, are like up in arms about this. Little comic book shops are like up in arms about this. So. Yeah. And that's sort of like, that's sort of where Marvel is in my mind. But I'm a DC fanboy, so. Yeah. And DC rose from the ashes. Yep. What, like. Always does. 15 years ago. What was it? It, I mean, it always has. It's like ever since. But they were in a really bad way at a certain point in time, right? Well, I mean, they all were. They all were. Look at, yeah. Even Marvel Marvel was. Marvel was. (laughs) Yeah. Like the 90s wasn't a good good time. Marvel was dying in the 90s. Yeah. so. So. I guess we have hope, maybe. Yeah. But right now, it's a it's a not a great. Well, time and Marvel, for Marvel seems Comics. to be copying Rebirth, also. Just mm. saying, just saying. So, um, yeah, Defenders. Then, speaking of Marvel, Josh and I just finished Defenders last night. I guess yeah, it was last night. Last night. What were your thoughts? I can be honest. Iron Fist and Defenders, kind of for me, especially Iron Fist. It was. If I hear. Sorry. Yeah. If I hear Danny Rand <laughs> talk about he, you know, he's the, I am the immortal Iron yeah. Fist or he's Danny Rand, Please, I just... No! No! <laughs> that's where I'm at, Danny. Just stop. No! Please. 
It's, well, anyways. it's like almost like a drinking game. It's like becoming yeah, no, a Yeah, that's what I was saying. Right? It could be a drinking game every time right. he says, I'm the immortal iron fist. My name is Danny Rand, <laughs> and I'm the immortal iron Just do something, fist. Danny. Do something no, productive for the group. character. <laughs> something, something good. He's, be a but, badass for but once. He's, he's becoming somewhat of a mascot. So you're starting to like... Okay, this is, you know, he's the dog. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you pat him dog. on the head. And, <laughs> you know, but it's funny because it centers around Iron Fist. You know, it's like all built around the immortal Iron Fist. Yeah. They want to get their... You're talking about the Defender specifically? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they need to get Danny Rand so he can open the portal to Kunlun. Spoiler alert. By the way, what an idiot. <sighs> You could, if it was a snake, it would have bit him. Right. <laughs> Here's the thing. I It's sort of like Suicide Squad for me. I loved seeing those characters together. Mm. But could have been better. Could have been in a different story, and I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I wouldn't take it back because we've been waiting for... I'll tell you what it did for me. It made me stoked for the next season of Daredevil. Yeah. Really, really stoked for the next season of Jessica Jones. Yeah, totally. And uh, Luke Cage, I'm just sort of whatever about. Uh, It just... I was was happy to see those two characters back, but... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I like the interaction between Luke Cage and Jessica, which was cool. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, yeah and, it, it, and that's where comic books are. And it's, what were you, was it you or my wife that was saying it doesn't treat you like you're an idiot, like the audience member's an idiot? Like Which one, Luke Cage? I thought, she, I thought one of you guys were just talking about the show. Like, the show is for those people who have been on this ride. Right, totally, you know, yeah. Daredevil 1 and 2 and Jessica Jones. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, things like that. It's like, yeah, we get to see Jessica Jones and, and Luke Cage. Yeah, they interacted yeah. years ago, yeah. <laughs> if you will. Seasons ago. So, yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool seeing those characters as you like. Yeah, I'm excited for Defenders 2. <laughs> you think it'll be better? I I want to see so. some costumes, man. I hope well, so. Well, I guess it's just the two. Yeah, I... I, I wanna... like how they joke about Daredevil being the only one in a costume. Right. It's funny. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited for Defenders 2 because Defenders on its own would suck. Mm. Just saying. It would suck on its own. But because we have all of this build up with all these characters that we've learned to love it's like i was yeah, that's just true. happy to see them there that's true that's a that's a good way of putting it that's so, what kept us that's what kept us around i would not get rid of the defender series because i've invested so much even da- i don't even think i'd get rid of danny no no like you said he's the he's the you don't get rid of your dog yeah you know your dog might be an idiot but you love that dumb dog i'm danny rand <laughs> i'm the immortal iron and this is when we get some sort of dumb dog Danny Rand t-shirt yeah. going on. But we totally need a soundbite of Danny Rand calling himself the immortal Iron Fist. Look forward to the Danny Rand soundbite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Punisher we have to look forward to. We Stoked got a little teaser it. at the end of Defenders. A full trailer since been released. But Stoked about it even more after listening to John Bernthal. Last year. Yeah, last year He's at Comic-Con. Cool. He's a cool dude. He just yeah, seems like a roll. super chill guy. That's the thing. For those of you who have never heard him speak in real life, he has this thing where he constantly says, rock and roll. Rock and roll. Punisher, season one, rock and roll. Yeah. <clears throat> no, yeah. So, I mean, you want to you officially rate any of these last couple things? How about, you want to rate Defenders? Eh. We don't have an eh rating. Eh. Meh. Meh. Yeah, I don't have a meh button, but we'll give it a, a certified <laughs> meh. Certified meh. Uh, what else did we talk about? It, well, it's totally sane in the sense that you need to watch it if you are invested I in I want to know Netflix, if they're but... ever going to bring one of the big players in to any of the Marvel TV, or if there will just be a cameo or something 
of one of the Marvel TV like, in one of the big movies. Like in Infinity Wars or whatever? Something, man. I just want to see, like, something happen in New York and all of a sudden Captain America, like, walks past Jessica Jones I would drinking be fine a beer. with a flyby. I would be fine yeah. with a flyby. That's, something just know. that just tells us that they know each other exist or have seen yeah. each other at some point. And they could totally I've read that. a newspaper or something. They could totally do that in Spider-Man. Like, it makes mm. total sense. Yeah, it does. Just, New York. Yeah. Yeah. It does yeah. make sense. Ah, oh, man. What do we miss? American Vandal was awesome. Is awesome. <laughs> I, don't I was know. thinking. I was thinking about that show. For those of you who don't know, it's a it's a show about about who drew the dicks. Let's just that's that's what it is. Big, it's a Netflix show. It's a mockumentary, mockumentary yeah. that's in the style of American Crime, mm-hmm. and it's a mystery about about this kid who troublemaker a, kid, a troublemaker who draws who spray paints dicks on cars, or did he? And then it's a question of whether he did it. And that's why it's so good because, damn it, if you're not engaged you in that really, in that mystery of who did it, who did it, it's really true. And I was thinking about this. I, you know, like, again, we talk about like comedy and and you know the the dick joke as you call it, which has this, you know, it has a place in comedy. Totally. I think back to Superbad, for instance, <laughs> and it's one of the most amazing opening scenes. Ah, uh, that's good. And I was just thinking about it. The ultimate dick joke was made by God, who made men have penises. It's true. <laughs> because, honestly, penises are funny. God thinks they're funny. He, I think so, too. <laughs> so, I was there's on, no biblical I posted proof it, of that. I posted but, it on my Instagram, but I turned on my Netflix, and you know how Netflix does like their main like cover photo, if you yeah, will? Yeah. That was it. It was American Vandal, and the synopsis is right there, and it is just... It actually says it, you know, talking about something, something dicks right there in the summary. And it was just, it was too funny not to post. That's where we are. It's 2017 in America. It's true. That's where we are. (laughs) And I was just, I loved it. We are not joking. This is a real show. Please do yourself a favor and watch it. Someone actually told me they were bored by it, and now I don't trust them, but just as, as a person. Well, once you, if you think of it as just a running dick joke, then it is boring. But once you start to no, realize there's if, an actual If you're mystery, not engaged in the mystery of right. it, then you're not paying, then, I then don't know. Then you really want to know. You don't like good storytelling. Yeah. It's yeah, good storytelling. Right. It's good storytelling. Yeah. Like, you really start to want to know, like, who drew the dick? And that kid, for the record, he actually directed and, and did that. That's oh, really? that kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's Pretty dang good. Yeah. But, uh, so there you have it. Um, I don't know that we have anything else to cover on this episode. So, I mean, there you are. That was episode two or 1.2. Uh, I think we're going to call this an officially launched podcast as of now. Sure. We have Instagram and Twitter up and running. If you have a question or a comment or a topic you want to hear us just... Yeah. BS over because that's what we're doing here. Let's be honest. Uh, you can hashtag it culture insanity, or just post on our on our platforms there. Um, yeah, and we'll and we'll look forward to those things. So there you have it. I guess we're out. It's dinner time. <laughs> you have anything to say, Josh? Hopefully, we'll watch Star Trek and get back to you on that one. We're talking about Star Trek Discovery next time and other things. We're out. Mm-hmm.